Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Peter Sherman in for Oakley. Hopefully he's back tomorrow. Uh, a little bit under the weather. We've been talking uh, throughout the day, and I certainly have uh, raised the subject a couple of times this afternoon about the uh, naming of Thomas Karik as the new commissioner of the Ontario Provincial Police. He takes office on the uh, 8th of April and comes to us from the York Region Police Force, where he is deputy chief. Uh, this is uh, the, the culmination of uh, a number of months of discussion over... Uh, Superintendent Ron Tabiner of the Toronto Police Department, who wanted to be uh, uh, the the uh, Ontario Provincial Police Commissioner, and uh, there were issues over uh, his status. And now he's gone back to uh, he withdrew his name and has gone back the uh, uh, Toronto Police Service. Uh, the Minister of Public Safety is Sylvia Jones, and she has said the appointment of the commissioner is exclusively a cabinet decision. Cabinet decided it was important to move decisively to bring a new vision and the renewed leadership uh, to the OPP frontline officers, which they deserve. And uh, you said that, Sylvia Jones, didn't you? I did, Peter. Good to hear your voice. It's great to hear your voice. We're both members of the class of 07, so former colleagues, and it's nice to have you on the program. Tell me how you came to the conclusion that it was Thomas Carrick. Well, I mean, he has an excellent CV. He has a history of uh, working in areas that, frankly, the OPP can use his expertise in. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful for uh, York for allowing him this opportunity, but very excited for the OPP. Well, in listening to uh, Mr. Karik himself, well, I should say Deputy Chief Karik and soon to be Commissioner Karik, he sounds like a, a hell of a cop. He sounds like a hell of a nice guy. He sounds like uh, a family man uh, by all descriptions, and uh, it sounds like he's the right person uh, to maybe cleaning up uh, to clean up the OPP would be a, an overstatement, but to give the OPP a bit of a new vision. Is that fair? Yes, and I think, frankly, um, you know, there has been a bit of a leadership void while um, the outgoing commissioner left in November. Uh, there, as you know has been some waiting periods as we uh, work through the Integrity Commissioner and other issues. Uh, so I, I think it's important that uh, that's why I said, you know, it's time to, to stop waiting and actually put someone in place who can uh, move the vision forward. And, you know, his, his interest in guns and gangs, his interest in dealing with human trafficking um, align very well with where our government is going. And so I'm excited to see him lead the OPP. Fair enough. Well, I have you on the line, and I have to ask certain questions that uh, you probably would prefer that I not ask, but I want to ask about Brad Blair. Brad Blair was the heir apparent. Brad Blair had applied. Brad Blair was the deputy commissioner, but uh, he made quite a fuss over the Taverner uh, uh, events, I suppose, uh, wound up um, beginning an investigation that uh, ends up on the desk of the ethics commissioner, writes uh, a great big letter that... Uh, puts it in the realm of potential court battle, um, and, and that basically took him out of the running. Uh, the, the reason that he's no longer with the OPP, however, doesn't seem to relate to that. Can you comment on it? 
Well, clearly a decision was made by, uh, with, in consultation with the OPP commissioner and the Ontario Public Service that Mr. Blair was not, uh, frankly, maintaining his responsibilities as a member of the Ontario Public Service and, and his duty to the Ontario Public Service. They made a decision last uh, Monday to uh, remove him from his role as Deputy Commissioner. But, Peter, the only thing I would add to uh, your preamble is Mr. Blair was also someone who didn't get the job that he wanted. Yeah, and that happens sometimes, and uh, and we, we have to go away and lick our wounds when it happens. And uh, I guess he didn't. I guess he didn't take it lying. He, he didn't want to take it lying down. So um, I, I wish him good luck. Let me say one more thing and, and ask you this. The Integrity Commissioner's report is still due. Um, what happens when it comes out if it's not 100% favorable to the government, or does it matter anymore? Well, the Integrity Commissioner's report, uh, whenever it comes out, and I have no inside knowledge as to when it will, uh, is related to the hiring process of the OPP Commissioner. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very confident that uh, all previous uh, OPP Commissioners and Deputy OPP Commissioners are hired and uh, appointed through what is called an Order in Council, which, as you know, is is basically uh, cabinet approval. Uh, I'm not going to presuppose what the integrity commissioner comes out with, uh, but it frankly has nothing to do with uh, incoming commissioner uh, Karik. Okay. Well, thank you uh, for for the for illustrating for us what the reasons are behind uh, Thomas Karik's appointment, and good luck with that. It sounds like uh, it's a good appointment. Let me move you on to a subject that is in uh, sharp focus with uh, March break in progress, and that is the issue of distracted driving. It looks to me, and this is my own observation, like we're not getting anywhere. Are, are you going to turn the uh, the heat up a little bit on people who are doing things they shouldn't be on the roads? And I'm talking particularly uh, uh, using devices uh, that are handheld. Yeah, you know, there there is a, a very um, concentrated campaign going on. I, I believe that it is a two-part process, right? You have to educate people as to the serious dangers that happen when they are distracted while driving. And then the other piece is the enforcement piece, which we've been uh, pretty aggressive on as a government. And, you know, to give credit where credit is due, the previous government as well, um, the fines are very substantial. And, uh, and the reason they have to be is because people are getting killed, people are getting hurt when we're playing with our devices while we're supposed to be driving. Well, yeah, and I, I spent, uh, a, I don't know, a thousand drives on the QEW. I've moved out of Niagara now, so I'm not on it as often. But I can't tell you how many times I'm sitting in the center lane and somebody who's in what is <laughs> loosely called the passing lane in Ontario starts veering in front of me. And, and as I drop back because I'm watching, I see that uh, it's generally a he, I've got to say, but not always, uh, has a device in his hand and is, and is texting. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, uh, we passed a law, and I was there then 10 years ago, that uh, put in a small, relatively small fine. Um, you, you brought that up uh, more recently in the legislature, raised it to, I guess, 600 to to $1,000 approximately. Can I ask a question? This may sound silly. But I advanced this on the air a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what's to stop us from making it a $5,000 fine? Really getting serious and saying, you know, if you want to play with that thing, boy, is it going to cost you. Well, I, and this comes back to the public education piece and why we're doing an awareness campaign. You have to have both. 
you know, you and I are of an age where we remember when people uh, thought it was okay to drink and drive. Uh, that's not the case anymore. Mercifully, our young people understand that it is never okay, the vast majority of them. Uh, we need to get there with our distracted driving uh, laws, and, and uh, I am hoping that this uh, education piece will play an important role in uh, in that education. So am I, and I, I think that, uh, you know, to put a capper on what you say, we can educate in schools uh, and in driving courses and so forth, which are much more prevalent with our kids than they were with us, uh, and, and I think we can probably get there. The difficulty is with these jerks, and that's what they are, who are uh, now 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, and up, uh, who just insist that their driving is safe enough and they can manage both. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the education piece. And that's where uh, we as individuals have to say, uh, if I'm in the car with someone, put down the phone, right? I, I would never get into a car with someone who's been drinking, and now we have to be at a place where we are comfortable enough as a society to say, uh, put down the phone, you're behind the wheel. I can tell you I would do it. Sylvia, thanks yeah. so much. All the best. All right. Sylvia Jones, Minister of Community Safety, joining us right here on the Oakley Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.